You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. Have you ever noticed when you really zoom in on people in prayer, they sometimes get even worse? And the devil says, look at that. You're praying and they're getting worse. You know why they're getting worse? Because the devil's getting uptight. The devil is attacking them harder than ever because he knows that prayer is going up for them. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. Listen to me. Sight will lie to you, but faith will never lie to you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith will tell you the truth and sight will lie to you. In your walk with Jesus, do you realize the power you have in his name? Have you ever tapped into God's boundless strength in your times of need? Today in Pastor Jeff's message, he shows you the power of anchoring your life in faith, rising above worldly tribulations, and embracing a higher purpose. Center your life faith rather than conforming to the world's lies. By nurturing your connection with Jesus through prayer and embracing his teachings, transcend the pain and suffering that life presents. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Romans chapter 15 as he begins his message, Intercessory Prayer. I want to talk to you about a kind of prayer today that sounds real deep and profound and, oh, wow, that's really not for me. That's for a select few. But no, we're going to see that intercessory prayer is for everybody. And I'm going to talk to you, just make it simple and plain what intercessory prayer is. We've been dealing with prayer. I'm going to preach until the spirit of prayer falls on us, starting with the speaker. Amen? Because how many of you know we need to pray? We need to pray. Come on, we need to pray. So I want to just turn to something that Paul wrote in Romans 15, where he is literally requesting intercessory prayer for himself. And this is out of the Message Bible. It just put it in a way that made it real simple and plain, didn't do any damage to the text. So I wanted to read it to you. So here we go. Paul says, I have one request, dear friends. Pray for me. That's it. Don't send money. I don't need your stuff. I need your prayer. Pray how, everybody? Strenuously, with and for me, to God the Father, through the power of our Lord Jesus, through the love of the Spirit, that I will be what, everyone? Delivered from what? The lion's den of unbelievers in Judea. Pray also that my relief offering to the Jerusalem believers will be accepted in the Spirit in which it is given. Then, God willing, I'll be on my way to you. What's going to blaze the trail for him to come to them? Prayer. With a light and eager heart, looking forward to being refreshed by your company, God's peace be with all of you. Now, I do want to talk to you about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. Intercession. Now, I just want to define it for you because we sometimes, like I've already said, tend to think that this is for the really deep people to intercede, and, and it's just a tiny minority in the church who are, quote, intercessors. But let me just tell you what it is, and then you tell me if you're in here as well. Intercessory prayer is simply when we stand in the gap for a person, or for many people, even for a whole nation, to be delivered from trouble or danger. It's when we stand in the gap. Now, let's just say that God is here, and somebody that's in trouble or danger is over here, and that could mean lost, that could mean bound, that could mean backsliding, that could mean sick, it could mean a lot of things, but they have, they're in trouble or they're in danger, they're in need, and they're over here. God's over here, they're over here. So the intercessor stands right in the middle, stands in the gap. 
and praise, faces God and prays for them. That God will do, because maybe they can't even pray they're under such a load. Maybe they're in such trouble, they're not praying anymore. But listen, you can still pray for them. The intercessor stands in the gap, and I'm going to show you examples today. Here's God, and we pray for this person. And that's the act of intercession. It means to go and meet one person on behalf of someone else. That's it. To intervene for them. We hear a lot about intervention in our day. Well, intercession is kind of the same thing. We're making intervention. That is, we're going before God on their behalf. So intercessory prayer is simply the act of praying on behalf of others. That's it. You're praying for others. Let me give you an example. When a person gets into legal trouble, they go straight for a lawyer. What does that lawyer do? He goes before the judge on their behalf to petition him for mercy, intervention, protection, whatever. And so that lawyer is really performing an act of intercession. He's going to a judge on behalf of somebody in trouble. In prayer, the intercessor goes to God on behalf of someone else who is in trouble. And we ask God to intervene and give protection, salvation, provision, or something else needed in that person's life. But we are praying for them. We are covering them in prayer. It's not about us. It's about them. Amen? Now, in the text that we read, the Apostle Paul is asking the Roman Christians to literally enter into his spiritual battle with him through intercessory prayer. Because watch this. He is headed into some real trouble. He says, pray strenuously. That's a great description. The effectual fervent prayer. The fervent, heartfelt prayer. The strenuous prayer. The prayer that is work. The prayer that puts energy, that has energy in it, and we, we're praying from our heart. He says, pray strenuously with and for me to God the Father through the power, through the power. Notice where he says great praying comes from, by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, in Paul's mind, is the one who empowers us in the place of prayer. It's not us coming up with the necessary energy when you plug into the Holy Ghost, he empowers you. And then he says, through the love of the Spirit, that I will be delivered from the lion's den of unbelievers in Judea. Now notice how he says the best prayers are prayed. Pray through the power Jesus gives you and through the love of the Spirit. Through the love of the Spirit. When you love the person you're praying for, there is no more powerful prayer. It adds grease to the skids. So the best prayers are spirit-empowered and motivated by the Spirit's love towards those you're praying for. Amen? One writer puts it this way, intercession is a way of loving others. Intercession is a way of loving others. When we move from petition to intercession, we're shifting our center of gravity from our own needs to the needs and concerns of others. It's not about us and our needs being met and Lord bless me and mine and rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub and now I lay me down to sleep and it's me, 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 I, I, I. No, when you move into intercessory prayer, it's about them, 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 those, them, him, her. Now Paul was approaching a great battle here when he asked for prayer. He was returning to Judea where he knew that unbelieving Jews that were in Judea where he'd already been had it in for him. So in the book of Acts, he's so aware of it, he tells the Ephesian elders, he says, I only know that in every city in Judea, 
The Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. And he went on to say, but I don't count my life as dear to myself. I'm willing to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, in my humble opinion, was the greatest Christian that ever lived. I've met a lot of great Christians, but nobody could touch Paul. He said, I'm willing to die. He has such courage, such love, such passion for Christ. He blows me away. He gets a bad rap in our generation, but so does everything else good. And it happened just like the Spirit has shown him. Once he arrived, Jewish men who hated him began to spread lies and slander and falsehoods about him. And the Bible says so much that all the city was stirred up and the people ran together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple And at once the gates were shut and they were seeking to kill him, literally to beat him to death. But while all this was happening, folks, remember what he said to the Romans. He said, now pray for me, pray strenuously for me, hold me up in your prayers, cover me in prayer. I mean, get down and fervently with your heart, pray for me that I will be delivered from what I know is going to be wicked men who are going to try to hurt me or kill me. So all the while that they're attacking him, the intercessory prayers that were covering him brought deliverance and protection because Paul says, I was delivered from the mouth of the lion. He was delivered. He was delivered, why? I mean, they had him, they were beating him. They had him down on the ground. We read about it in Acts. How was he delivered? He was delivered because the invisible intercessory prayers of people standing in the gap between God and Paul were praying for him. And lifting him up. And God sent his invisible angels. Hey, I don't care if they're invisible or visible. I just want to know they're there. Amen? And the Bible says he was delivered. He was delivered. He was delivered. He was delivered by intercession. We need to understand that when we intercede for people, it releases forces from God, power from God, angels from God, protection from God that surrounds them like a shield and they don't even know it most of the time. I want you to see today in this message the power of intercessory prayer. When we lift up others, the power of it, the power of it. The devil's biggest lie is, here you are praying for this person and haven't you noticed that they're getting worse as you pray? Have you ever done that? Have you ever noticed when you really zoom in on people in prayer, they sometimes get even worse? And the devil says, look at that. You're praying and they're getting worse. You know why they're getting worse? Because the devil's getting uptight. The devil is attacking them harder than ever because he knows that prayer is going up for them. It doesn't matter what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. Listen to me. Sight will lie to you, but faith will never lie to you. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith will tell you the truth and sight will lie to you. We see that intercessory prayer brought protection to Paul. And we see that when you look at the kingdom of God, just the whole kingdom of God, it is an interceding kingdom. It's full of intercession. It's marked by and characterized by intercession, standing in the gap for someone else. We're told the spirit of God makes intercession for every born again believer, the spirit of God. It might shock you to know that this week, the Holy Spirit prayed for you and you didn't even know it. Let me read it to you. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes, who's the he? The Holy Ghost, capital H. He makes, what everybody? Intercession. For who? The saints. According to what? The will of God. 
The Holy Spirit is an interceding spirit. If an interceding spirit is living inside of you and me, then that must mean he wants us to enter into intercession with him. Amen? I mean, he's living inside of us, and he's an interceding spirit. So doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it stand to reason that if he's an interceding spirit, always searching your deepest needs and praying for you according to the will of God, then he wants us to be intercessors that enter into intercession with him for others because he knows what they need. He knows what you need. Have you ever been in prayer and all of a sudden somebody comes on your heart and you start to feel moved to pray for them and it just comes out of the blue? Happened to me last night. I was in prayer and two people came onto my mind, onto the, the radar of my spirit, and I began to hold them up, and I knew that I was not to continue in prayer for you until I finished praying for them, and I prayed for them. Stood in the gap, and I prayed for them, and I know he heard me. I know he did. So everybody say, the Spirit of God is an interceding spirit, and the Bible says that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ makes unceasing intercession for his children. So Jesus is also an intercessor. It says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also, what everyone, makes intercession for who? Us. So we've got the Holy Ghost praying for us. We've got Jesus praying for us. And you tell me we're on the losing team? No, we're on the win-win team. If you've got the Holy Ghost praying for you and you've got Jesus praying for you, the devil doesn't stand a chance, amen? Come on, give the Lord a hand. So I want you to stop and think sometime this week, maybe tomorrow morning when you get up, stop and think, the Holy Ghost is praying for me. And he's praying for me for things that I don't even know about. Groanings that can't be uttered, the Bible says. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and his focus is not on other planets. His focus is not on flinging other stars into space. His focus is on you, his bride, his children. And he knows what you need. And he's praying for you, interceding for you, standing in the gap for you. Amen. Amen. You know, like I said, we tend to view intercessors as sort of the elite squad of prayers and the top shelf, and they're a little tiny minority in any church. You know, you got a church of a 1,000 people, and there's like five intercessors. And we look at them and go, ooh, they're really deep intercessors. But you know the Bible calls all Christians to intercede? Listen to what Paul told Timothy. He said, therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, that's asking for mercy, Prayers, that's petitions, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for how many men? All men. And who's he telling this to? Who's he writing this to? Timothy, who was a pastor. He's saying, tell your people, I want everybody to be involved in intercession for all people. Anybody God puts on your heart, pray for them. Stand in the gap for them. Do battle for them. War for them. Speak the word over them. Claim them for God. Pray that God does what no human could do. Oh, the devil doesn't want you to hear this today. That I know for sure. The devil is real good about the person or people that you're praying for showing you how really far away from God they are and convincing you that it's useless to pray for them. But my Bible tells me what is impossible with men is possible with God. My Bible tells me that all things are possible to him who believes. 
My Bible tells me the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My Bible tells me that Satan is a defeated foe and he's a liar. How do you know the devil's lying if he's talking? And if he tells you, if he tells you, you give up praying for them. It's no good. You're praying for them and look at that. They're getting worse. No, no, no. You do not go by what you see. You go by what the word of God says to you. We walk by faith. We walk by the eye of faith that sees things that are not there yet, but will be. You don't know what God's doing in the invisible world as you pray. You have no idea what that person or people are thinking about or experiencing in their heart of hearts. You have no idea. That's why Jesus said that men ought always to pray and don't give up, don't faint, don't put up the white flag, don't surrender, don't walk away, but stay with it. Amen, Pastor Jeff. That's good preaching. Amen. I want to look at two examples of intercession in the Bible very quickly. One from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. Let me show you a great picture of intercession. First, one of the greatest examples of intercession in the Old Testament is Abraham. What an intercessor he was. The Bible says that one day Abraham and Sarah are just enjoying the day. They're there at the tent, and all of a sudden three men walk up. Abraham immediately discerns these are not normal men. These are supernatural beings. This is what the Bible says. And Abraham immediately discerns who they are, discerns where they're from, and runs and tells Sarah to prepare something to eat. And I want you to notice angels sat down and ate with them. That's why the Bible says, be careful how you treat strangers, for you might be dealing with an angel unaware. That doesn't mean pick up people when they're hitchhiking. Use wisdom. But I'm just saying, sometimes angels are walking around and you don't know it. That's what the Bible says. These were angels. And after it was all over, and they had spent some time with Abraham and Sarah and had some words with them, it says these three men, now we know two of them were angels, and one of them was a Christophany. A Christophany means Jesus visited the earth before the Immaculate Conception. It's called a Christophany. The rock that followed them in the wilderness was Christ. That's a Christophany. Here in the story of Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah, we've got a Christophany because the third one is called the Lord. And they say to Abraham, we have come down. We have come down to see if what we have heard about Sodom and Gomorrah is true. And they called it a great outcry. An outcry had reached heaven. We don't know who it came from. We don't know if it came from human beings or we don't know if it came from angels. But an outcry, think about that. The wickedness was so great that it caused an outcry that reached heaven. You think there's some outcries going to heaven now over America and this horrible, ungodly, incomprehensible abortion law that will take a child's life after it's been born? You reckon there's an outcry going to heaven? over some things like that. An outcry reached heaven. And so these three supernatural beings were dispatched by God to go into Sodom and see if what they had been told was true. He said, I will go down now and see whether they have done according to the outcry against it that has come to me. Now I want you to notice what happens next. They have told Abraham this, and I want you to look at his response. 
The Bible says that when he heard this, Abraham stood before the Lord and Abraham came near. Remember what I said? Here's the need. Here's God. The intercessor gets in the middle, stands in the gap. And here's God headed towards Sodom and Abraham with courageous faith stands right in front of him and says, hang on. Let me talk to you. Let me pray. Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? He appeals to the holiness and the righteousness of the character of God. And God says, no. And Abraham begins to deal. I hate to say deal with him. He begins to pray. He starts with, if there's 50 righteous, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? And God said, if there's 50, I won't destroy the whole city. If there's 50 righteous, I'll spare the entire city. That's why it's important that you and I walk with God and stay salty. Because if there were just 50 righteous, that whole city would have been spared. Abraham goes from 50 to 40 to 30 to 20. He ends up with 10. If there's 10 righteous, Lord. Now, all the while, Abraham's remembering, remembering my nephew Lot and his family are in that city. So he's going down further and further. If there's 10, if there's just 10, will you spare it for 10? And God said, I'll spare it for 10. Now, that's intercession, folks. He's standing in the gap. He's standing in the gap between God and a city that is in trouble. He's standing in the gap. He's standing in the gap between God and some righteous people that are in trouble because judgment's about to fall. And I find it very interesting that as judgment was moments away, the angels saw that Lot and his wife were tarrying, were lingering, and having a hard time letting go, and they grabbed them by the arm and led them out, and they said this. I want you to catch this. They said, I cannot do anything until you're out of here. Whoa. I can't do anything until you're out of here. There's some things that are never going to come on this earth till the church is out of here. Amen? Never going to happen till the church is out of here. When God takes the church out in the rapture, some things are going to come on this world that can't come until the church is out of here. But in Lot's case, why couldn't they do anything till Lot was delivered? Because of Abraham's intercession. Do you see what's happening here? Lot would have been toast. He would have been a marshmallow. If Abraham had not interceded, the whole message here is because a man of God stood in the gap and prayed and interceded, God couldn't do anything until the object of Abraham's prayer was delivered and removed. And as soon as Lot and his wife and his two daughters were out of the city, the fire fell. Everybody say intercession, sends protection, and God's power onto someone we're praying for. Somebody's deliverance is waiting on the other side of your intercession. Amen. Now, let's go to the New Testament. New Testament, we see that Jesus interceded for Simon Peter. I want to look at it a little bit more strongly today. Jesus interceded for Simon Peter. Luke records that right after Jesus inaugurated the first Lord's Supper, and there had been a little spat between the disciples about who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God and all of that. Suddenly, Jesus wheels around and looks Simon Peter right in the eye, and he says to him, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. Sifting is a strong word. Sifting, in Bible times, they would have a big pile of wheat with the shaft on it, and what they would do is they'd take a pitchfork and shove it into that pile of wheat and hurl it up into the air so that the wind would blow the shaft off that wheat. 
Bottom line is to be sifted by the devil was to be thrown up and thrown around and experience great tribulation, just like the wheat going up, having the shaft blown right off. What a timely message from Pastor Jeff. As you stand in the gap for others through prayer, you harness the transformative authority granted by Christ. Through your prayers, you navigate divine realms, shielding and guiding those you intercede for. The adversary's influence diminishes in the presence of fervent intercession. Armed with the strength of Jesus, you become a warrior against darkness, advocating for others' well-being. We'd love for you to have additional resources. Here's Diane with more. Are you interested in partnering with us here at Hardwired? We'd love for you to come alongside us in supporting this ministry. All you have to do is text 817-484-4767 and enter the word GIVE to donate. That number once more is 817-484-4767 and text GIVE. Thanks so much for prayerfully considering this today. And thanks for listening. Daniel has more to tell you about what's ahead on the upcoming edition. In Pastor Jeff's next message, he reminds you of the vital role you play in the lives of fellow believers through prayer. The battles they face may remain unseen, but the impact of your intercession is powerful. By lifting others up, you create an unbreakable bond forged in the fire of prayer. The challenges your brothers and sisters become your own as you petition the Lord on their behalf. The potency of prayer knows no bounds and transcends all circumstances. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for this edition of Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. You can listen to more messages from this and other books of the Bible by visiting hardwired.org. Join us next time to continue our study in the book of Romans right here on Hardwired.